Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. Jesus talked about it a lot. There is a hell. Why? Because God loves us. And the people who don't want to be with him, people who reject his love, people people who want nothing to do with God or those who love him, he made a place for them. Do you have a question as to whether or not hell is a real place? In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches you that hell is a very real place. God desires to be with those who love Him. For those who have rejected Him and who have not believed in Him, hell is for them. Spend eternity rejoicing in the presence of God. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. His love is the main thing. Jesus was saying to Peter, he's saying to you and me, your father doesn't place limits on forgiveness. Why do you place limits on forgiveness? That's the message. Your father in heaven places no limits. He's not counting. So why are you counting? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 says, love suffers long and is kind. One of the best sermons I ever heard on that. Says, you know, a lot of people suffer long, but very few remain kind as they're suffering. You know, I, maybe I'm a tough guy. I can suffer. I can persevere. I can go through it. Probably not going to be nice while it's happening, though. Love suffers long in his kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Doesn't make a big show. It's not puffed up. Doesn't behave rudely. Doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. And then that last one right there, love thinks no evil. The New King James translates it that way. When, when, I, when I looked into it, because I saw it quoted a different way in another version, and, and, and so, I, I, you know, just using the dictionary, thank the Lord for the internet, right? What it literally says right there, the, the, the Greek text of Matthew says it doesn't keep an inventory. That word grabbed me, no inventory. Because that's what Jesus was saying. Why are you, why are you keeping an inventory? The guy, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? It's like, okay, you know, it's, you, that, that, was, that wasn't 76 times. So one more and I'm going to kill you. No, he says, stop counting. Stop counting. Your father doesn't count. Just forgive. Just forgive. I was thinking about this, you know, that God wants us to understand our spiritual situation. And many times I think we don't. 
He's given us an, an enormous gift. I do not believe, well, let me back up, you know, because I, I, it's funny, I read something the other day that actually a friend of mine wrote that gave me pause thinking about it, you know, the subject of hell. Is there a hell? Yes. Jesus said there is. Jesus talked about it a lot. There is a hell. Why? Well, because God loves us. And the people who don't want to be with him, people who reject his love, people, people who want nothing to do with God or those who love him, he made a place for them. The Bible says he actually made it for the devil and his angels, but it's the only place where those who want nothing to do with God will be able to have nothing to do with God. And in that place where one can be separated from God, they, it, it, you're also separated from everything good, everything that's, that's love, everything that's orderly. There's only chaos and confusion and torment in that place where God has removed his presence. And there are different names for it, but the most common one is hell. He loves us. So he made a place for those who would continue to be a problem and those who would ruin everything. He made a place to, to put them, to shield those who love him from that evil. But see, here's the, here's the thing. Having said that, do you understand that all sin has been forgiven? All sin has been for, all sin has been paid for. Jesus paid for all sin. And, and so, you know, people want to argue about, well, you know, God sending somebody to hell. Listen, you you gotta wanna go there. You gotta, you gotta choose it. Because God has made the way for all sin to be forgiven. The penalty's been paid. So, so it's kind of like you got to look him in the eye and say, no. And if you do that, then he says, okay, there's the door. That's where you go. There's a place for you where you don't have to deal with God. You don't have to deal with Christians. You don't have to deal with people who love Jesus. You don't have to deal with any of that. There's a place for you. But all sin has been dealt with. Forgiveness has been made abundantly available. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not universalism, not at all, because the Bible teaches that there are those who simply reject his love, reject relationship with him. They go to hell when they die. They're not saved. They've said no to the salvation. But all, all sin has been forgiven. Now, now see, the, the point that Jesus was making in what he said to Peter is, do, do you realize what he's done for you? The debt that you couldn't pay, like Patty was talking about, the debt that you couldn't pay, that Jesus paid for you. And do you realize that that obligates you to be generous with mercy toward other people? God, God has erased your debt. God has forgiven you probably much more than you even realize. And therefore, you have no right to hold a grudge toward another human being. You have no right to avenge yourself upon another human being because of what he's, what he's forgiven you. And, and you could even in this, you know, we could go further with this because he's forgiven theirs too. Even if they reject the forgiveness, he paid for it. However, the Bible is also clear that love and forgiveness 
do not, do not automatically mean trusting or restoring the offender. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul writes to Timothy about Alexander the coppersmith. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he's greatly resisted our words. Now, see, that tells me Paul didn't say to Timothy, I need you to track this guy down and beat him to death because he's wicked and he did me wrong. And he'll do you wrong if he gets the chance. That's not what he said, is it? He said, this man did much harm. May the Lord deal with him. But you be careful around him too. What does that mean? He's a danger. There's a recognition of the danger. Do you understand it's okay? You're not being judgmental. You realize that this guy, he's like, he, he says he's a Christian, but he's a thief. Do you, do you understand it's okay to recognize that? Some guy claims he's a Christian, but he, but he cheats you? Well, don't go back and do business with the guy again. Oh, but I can't judge him. You don't have to be stupid. In Jesus' name. You know what I mean? That's not in the Bible. No, it's okay to be wise. Paul said to Timothy, I'm entrusting this guy to the Lord. To, the Lord will deal with him. But you be careful where he's concerned. Because he did a lot of harm to me. The implication is he can do a lot of harm to you as well. Be careful. Be careful. And no, it wasn't gossip. Because he knew Timothy was going to be in a situation where he would be vulnerable to the guy. So it was a very straightforward warning. Now, now listen, see, this tells me that it's possible to forgive somebody without continuing to leave yourself open to harm at their hands. You see this? Listen to what Paul had written earlier to the Romans. And there's so much we could, you know, pull up from, from the scriptures, from the apostle Paul. But when he wrote to the Romans, before he wrote to Timothy, he wrote to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 9, let, let love be without hypocrisy. That's a powerful statement. This first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details his birth and life, his ministry, and then his death. But it also tells you that he rose again. Jesus is victorious over death. And even more, he's alive today. Your Savior lives, and you can rejoice in that. As you listen to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. 
We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting MainThingRadio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at MainThingRadio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under About at MainThingRadio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio. Radio.